Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you wherever you are around the world listening. We really do appreciate everyone that tunes in week in, week out, and we keep turning up, turning up a week in, week out for episode. Now, past the double ton, 200 skies the limit. If you do like what we do, like, share, subscribe, sign up uh, on iTunes, sign up on Spotify, all of those things you can sign on up on. It really does help us out. It's been a massive, massive week in golf, the culmination of the PGA Tour season and what might seem like the start of the live golf season. It's uh, a crazy time. The guys are here to talk about it. Let's bring them in. G'day to everyone who's tuned in for episode 201. Uh, if uh, you watch the video, we're just, um, Mike and I have been raising our eyebrows because Rocket was there. Rocket was there and then he was gone, but he's back. Sorry, mate, we, uh, we were getting worried. You just dropped off the screen. Of course, we uh, all of our podcasts, uh, you know, we're interstate. Mike's in the city of Melbourne. I'm in the Mornington Peninsula. Rocket's up in Brisbane. If you know us well, you know all of that. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, Rocket's in Brisbane. He dropped out. And uh, we, we got a bit panicked that we had started you know, the best introduction ever in the, in the 200s um, episode series. And Rocket had dropped out. Uh, welcome back. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> well, thanks for joining back after the technical issues there. Um, you are the technical expert. Uh, Rocket, we've all got different backgrounds tonight. I've, I've got a background on. It means uh, something that's happened for me in the week. You've got a background up there. Um, the, what, what was that series, uh, the TV series back in the 80s? So it's more my vintage than your vintage. The Muppets, the two grumpy Yeah, that's old, correct. The two grumpy old men, for those that don't choose to yeah. watch us on YouTube. If you do watch us on YouTube, uh, the growing YouTube channel, we're, we're about to uh, hit 200 subscribers, for goodness, um, you know what's. And uh, when we hit 200 su- subscribers, Mike's going to give away some more King Island cheese, people. The cheese fest was very popular in helping us get at least seven more subscribers. Well, We've got about 12 to go, and Mike's going to give an even bigger bumper cheese pack from King Island. Uh, I'll be going to King Island soon. More on that later in, in uh, a few episodes coming up, but uh, a special little project is coming my way. Um, final things being tuned into that. It's going to be a very special one. Um, but, yeah, Mike uh, will bring some King Island cheese. So, so subscribe, and you can watch us. But if you are listening, um, Rocket's got a, the Muppets as his background on his Zoom. Why have you got the Wal- two? Waldorf, Waldorf. Well, it's Waldorf and Statler. You know, as I said the other week, I'm the grumpy old guy at the end of the bar. Mm. And, um, you know, a few people have called me on the Discord channel a bit of a grump about everything that's going on with golf. So I thought, well, I'm just going to lean into my grump character and uh, just be the grumpy old old buggers up on the booth just hurling abuse and having a bit of a giggle. Are you all right, mate? You know, like it has been noted yeah, that, uh, you know, that you've, you've, you're getting a bit churlish in your, you know, not even old age, jeepers, weepers, you're probably the youngest one of the three of us. Um, you're all right? Everything okay? No, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's uh, a few, few of the listeners are checking in to see how I am, though. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and, Actually, people have checked in with me. If they haven't checked in with you directly, they have asked me, is Rocket all right? You know, he's 
Is he okay? He's, he's, you know, we, we follow him on Twitter. He's getting a bit aggressive there on Twitter as well. Oh, dear. Um, Mike, how are you? Excellent, mate. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for giving up a bit of your football time. It's not your team playing in the finals. Um, not at not the moment. tonight. Not tonight, but uh, two, two big teams. Uh, who we got? Uh, Richmond and Brisbane playing Yeah, tonight. Tigers and Brisbane in Brisbane. Got a couple of mates that are going up for the game. So really? they're... Uh, yeah, they're up in Rocketland. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it, it's funny, you know. I know not many of our listeners, or not all of them, be AFL followers, but yeah, we obviously have the week off between the normal season and when the, the finals start. So this is the first of the four games. A couple of North Melbourne boys in the store uh, on Monday. Uh, I said, oh, how long have you guys got off? A few weeks, you know, like four or five weeks? Three months. Three months, three months until the uh, senior boys on the. Uh, it, oh, they must be in the older set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, yeah, the ones that didn't make the finals going back. Uh, anyway, um, enough of that. It's been a massive, massive week in golf. There's plenty to talk about, probably more than we've got time for. And the game of golf just keeps giving to people like us who like to talk, uh, catch up on a weekly basis, and you know share our thoughts and views with each other, and you know have the benefit of people uh, who want to listen in. Um, we've delayed this week's episode so all of the events of the week could unfold. You know, having not having the review of um, the uh, tour championship out, you know, on the, the the day after doesn't really matter in 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 consequence of what's happened since, because it all just folds into each other. And you know, I think the stuff that was being talked about happening has happened and now it's finally here. Um, you know, well, obviously we're talking about Cam Smith, Mark Leishman and the others that have you know, left the PGA Tour and moved to live happened. But we should really just go back and, and talk about uh, the Tour Championships. I know you guys were heavily invested in in uh, in that. We had the culmination of the uh, Tipster uh, program. So we've got the winner to announce. I did bump into one of our very loyal uh, listeners up in Sydney during the week who was up the top end of the top end of the, the tipping but uh, it was such, such a random random meeting with uh, one of our very loyal listeners and we'll talk about that in a sec. So who wants to kick us off with you know the wrap up of last week's tour championship? What a finish um, wasn't what I expected to happen but you know anything can happen. Who wants to head off? Mike you want to go? Uh, yeah for sure. Um, okay go. <laughs> it was a uh, it's probably the event that I think there's probably a lot of conjecture about what's good about it and what's bad about it. And um, the, the, the PGA Tour really tried to make it their final, you know, their grand final. And it's pretty difficult. It's, it is a difficult thing to do, knowing even just from our my social group that I play in, to try and figure out a way to reward people that have played well all year um, but still make the final worth something. So as we know, the PGA Tour does it by giving people a, a head start and um, – Scotty Scheffler started 10, 10 under. Um, and I know a few people that had, I think it was you, Ross, or someone had told me that they'd passed someone, that they were near past the TV and said, gee whiz, he must be playing well today, looking at his round one score, not realizing that he started at minus 10. Um, yeah, it, it, it is tricky to do. I think it's probably one of those things that doesn't really fuss me. Um, I don't know of a better way to do it. I know people have talked about, you know, maybe they do a um, match play or maybe they do this, maybe they do that. I don't know. I don't think there's a good or a bad way to do it. I think it just it is what it is. Um, but Scotty started 10 under and he was a red-hot favourite and he played very, very well um, right up until the final round. He he probably saved some of his worst goal for the year 
um, versus the field for the final round. And um, you can't do that in a 30-man field, and you certainly can't do that in a 30-man field field with the best players on the PGA Tour and best players in the world. Now, Rocket, you and I have been doing this for 200 episodes, and pretty much right from day dot, you know, we've talked about Rory McIlroy, and we've talked about him in the good times. We've talked to about Rory McIlroy in the challenging times, and there's been plenty of both. When you look at Rory McIlroy as this year's, what is he, FedEx Cup champion? Is that is that the right way to term uh, what? You know, how how do you rate and review Rory McIlroy's performances and overall year this year? He is the chosen one. Anakin McElroy is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Feels like he is putting the PGA Tour on his back and carrying it over the line. He's the only one showing any leadership. Like, you, if you look about his wins, his communication, everything, like, as a whole, not just the, the net club championship, but how he's conducting himself, he's the only one showing any leadership. So, literally, he is the chosen one. The Sith Lords are nowhere to be found. So Anakin McElroy is the one that is lifting up and holding up and and bringing light to the darkness. He uh, he's not mincing his words when it comes to how he feels about uh, the defectors from the PGA Tour. Um, he's not mincing his words when he's telling us how he's going to respond when he sees them. Maybe at Wentworth, uh, or not respond to them directly um, is probably more to the point, which. Which, you know, you have to, he's putting his convictions behind those words and, you know, you can't just say one thing and then behave like another. So, you know, he's he's a company man. He really is the, the golfer's example of what a company man looks like. He is the company man. And, um, you know, they couldn't have scripted it any better, really, could they? Nope. Did, did they script it? They didn't script it? They didn't say, nope. hey, Scotty, just, just pull the handbrake on and let the boss let the boss overtake you? No. Okay. Oh, look, it's, outside of winning a major, Rory's had a really good year. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's little bits and pieces where it's kind of falling into place. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, he's still not the silver medalist or anything like that, but, you know, he's still the chosen one. So uh, it's just it's just an all-out all great performance by him. And his last for call it four months has been really really good he's played some seriously good golf and and maybe the him putting this kind of pressure on himself and this kind of um you know he's always been a been quite thoughtful and kind but I feel like this has given him a little bit of a purpose and 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 a real focus and I think in a way it's strangely it's potentially actually helping his golf because he the, there's like there's a villain that he's chasing, right? And and for him, it's like could be taking pot shots at the shark, or you know, they they, they go back and forth. There's some good ones, um, but purely like there's a lot of it. It's directed at those we'll call, as you said, the defectors. I, so I actually subscribe to that theory in relation to Rory. You know, and you think back about some of his, you know, I'll just say failures. You know, like the Masters, and you know, all of the other big events where he's fallen over at the at the penultimate round and whatever and you know the body language and the self-talk and the you know oh Rory and, and that sort of tonality he seems different now and and maybe I do subscribe that he you know he's got 
a beef axe to grind and he's, you know, there's plenty of other sports where people have that mentality and attitude and go out and demolish people. So um, I don't think you're too far away from the mark. We're not experts in that field, but I don't think that's, um, that's very much a possibility. Mike, when you look at uh, Rory's stats over the year, his achievements, you know, how's, how's this year been for him, you know, overall in terms of strokes gained and all of those other things? People love to, to know how uh, people play. To put you on the spot, yeah. sorry, you're probably not. No, 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 that's fine. Um, he's good at everything. Makes it easy. Makes it easy to talk about what he's good at. He's good at everything. The one thing that he, when he goes his best is when his putter's hot. Um, but everything else, he's he's elite. So his total strokes gained, uh, he's averaging probably just north of two strokes on the field and every, every given round, any given round, which is exceptional. Uh, putting, he's above average, you know, probably just above um, plus minus at strokes gained. Around the green, a little bit better than that. His approach game is elite he's you know again sitting around right around one just under one strokes uh gained on the field per round in approach off the tee he's a freak show obviously as we know so that's where he's picking up uh probably closer to just north of one um but yeah overall he's good at everything yeah he's one i think he's slowly starting to improve that 150 and in actually didn't he start with a triple yeah, Tom Kim gave him the uh, thanks for thank uh, Tom because he actually because Tom Kim, Ju Young Kim, the two weeks ago when he won started the tournament right. with a he quad started, or whatever yeah, it was. Right. He did too. He was eleven off the lead through one, and ended up <laughs> winning. And Rory said he actually thought of Tom Kim when he made the quad uh, the triple, and said, "Well, you know, I know people you, you can, can fight it. back from me," and so. Tom, he made that quote in his press conference, and Tom Kim wrote back and on Twitter and wrote, "You're welcome." Like, <laughs> that's that's like pretty good. Did we ever talk about speaking of Tom Kim, the Australian connection that Tom Kim has? Did we talk about that on the podcast? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I know we spent some time here. I can't remember what uh, where it, it was. Obviously, when he was younger, but uh, he lived with someone, didn't he? Oh, I, I think he did. But what I do know is Matt Griffin big fan of the podcast uh, and I'm a big fan of Matt you know followed him with Ernie Els inside the ropes for a day at uh, the open uh, just to remind people that that's what I did um Matty Griffin's dad was Tom Kim's teacher gotcha hmm. no, you, you might have said that I can't I did, I, I can't, ring about. I can't remember if I did I remember I put something on Twitter saying you know, his, his Australian connection but yeah Matty Griffin's dad was his teacher there you go Tom there Kim um okay good golfer very good golfer and we'll be, we'll be playing President's Cup um, yeah, so no, he's, he's exceptional. And when, and when you go into his driving, his distance is unbelievable. But he, And his accuracy is right around tour average. So when you pick up someone who hits at miles that actually can still be tour average in accuracy. Massive advantage. A weapon. Yeah. Absolute weapon. Yeah. So what was the rundown of the final... Uh well, let's not do the thirty, but let's do the top fifteen. Who, who, where did, where did it all finish up? Top fifteen players on that finished up. Yeah. Um, from fifteenth, uh, three, four guys tied fifteenth. Uh, Victor Hovland, Fitzpatrick, JT Poston, and John Rahm. Aaron Wise and Jordan Spieth tied for thirteenth. Hideki and Neiman tied for eleventh. Now they're at thirteen under, and the winners at twenty-one. So they're close, but not really. 
Um, obviously, with the starting strokes and everything else, it is it is exacerbated a little bit. Uh, Hoagie at minus 14, Finau minus 15, Cantlay 16, Sepp Straka 16, which is good. Uh, JT Homer. at 17, Homer at 17. Very good finish. Uh, very good um, last three rounds from Max. Second round. Woof. Good golf. Xander, who prints money at that course, uh, finished fourth at, at minus 18. And then, um, yeah, the man who fell backwards, Scotty Scheffler, was T2 with Sung Jae-im. Sung jae the other one who we – two people that we gave last week that we thought might go well were uh, Sung Jae and Xander, and they finished in the top four. Um, but, yeah, the one who pipped, pipped Sung Jae for, um, for the gross was um, Rory. Rory's final round. Not only got in the overall win, the net win, but it also got in the gross by one over Sanjay, which was a little bit disappointing for me. But um, where was yeah. Ma- where was Max on the gross? He was quite, pretty close on the gross, was he not? He was, yeah. I think he was maybe one or two back behind from Sanjay. Yeah, two. He, he finished three behind Rory. Yeah, so he would have been two behind Thinger, um, Sanjay him. So yeah, yeah, they they had exceptional weeks. Yeah, and, you know, and, and Willie Z finished tied for twenty fourth. Well, Sungjae, uh, Willie Z gets a check. He gets five hundred grand, um, something like that. As, as he's, I wonder, uh, did they did they go? Uh, how did they do it? Just pure last place, or were they just try? Yeah, yeah. Even if you make thirtieth, you get a check. Yep, no matter what. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's not one of the ones. Normally, I think the WGCs you actually have to tee off and hit a ball to to be qualified at DQ. But even if it's beforehand, no, you don't get subbed in. He's getting a check for thirtieth. How's that? Started at minus seven. DFL. It didn't even finish DFL. No. Ah. Well, the PJ Tour are going to be handing out checks, you know, before people even strike balls uh, in the coming year as part of their uh, realignment of their processes to you know build a stronger and better PJ Tour um, to give the the rookies a better chance um, at uh, establishing themselves. We'll talk about that uh, and some of those changes that we know about. Uh, in a in a bit, um, you know, hits and misses. You know, Sepp Straka was a bit of a bit of a smoky. I had him as, in my tips because I couldn't pick anyone else because I'd picked everyone. I'd outpicked myself. I thought I had someone big left, and uh, but anyway, I went with Sepp Straka, and he got me some money. He didn't really climb me up the ladder any further, but uh, he did get me some winnings in the his, final. His event. last month, his last month yeah. has been huge. Yeah. No, his last month was great. What's what's the background on on Sepp Straka, Rocket? Do you know anything about Sepp Straker, Mike? Uh, he's Austrian, I think. Is he Austrian? I think he's Austrian. Um, yeah, he is. He is. I'm pretty sure he went to the Olympics off top of my head. I'm almost certain he played college golf, though. Okay. Um, Ross Rocket would probably know better than that. But, um, yeah, something in my brain. So I'm, uh, this is how well I'm going. I always mix him up, not that they sound the same, but with Henrik Norlander. And I've got a funny feeling he that Sepp Strucker, um plays down in um, down Georgia way, but I could be mixing them up again. The Georgia Bulldog or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's look it what's up. in my brain. Look it up. And you'll tell me, no, no, he went to LSU, which is not miles away. But yeah, I know nothing about him. Speaking of, while Rocket's looking that up to prove me wrong, um, Teepstar. Hmm. There was University who, of Georgia. He's a Georgia Bulldog. He, he was there, there you with go. everyone else. It's in my brain. It's, it's, it's all in there somewhere. <laughs> The tour junkies, listening to the tour junkies for so long for two boys from Georgia, it's all stuck in my head somewhere. Um, we did have one person pick Rory and get Rory for the win for the tour no. championship in Teepster. Yes, AB. Oh, um, 
Baby, he's on um, he's on uh, Discord as well. He's in the Discord group. Okay, well, who's, I wonder if we know AB. Is that Adam Baldwin? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm there sure. I know oh, he's in the group as AB, and he's got some numbers after his um on his handle. Yeah, fair enough. And he was very quick to mention in the Discord that he that he picked the winner, <laughs> and, and good luck to him because he was oh. the only one. Well, he's either um, he's either he's either very lucky or a, or a genius, strategic genius for uh, leaving Rory um, to the end. Uh, he did. He did. So I think he said something along the lines of. He had a handful of people left and he had a handful of people he wanted to pick. But somehow, I think I reckon at the last pick that AB went and said, no, I'm going to take Rory. I mean, it was a good decision. There was a few of us with Scotty Scheffler, one being me. Uh, and we got second place. PK, Justin Bissica, Hamatau, Dr. S- um, sorry, and uh, Golf Labyrinth and Smiling Golfer, or had Scotty Scheffler. And the doctor. The doctor had Sung Jae-im, which was a very good pick for the doctor because that put marketing all the way up into second place, chasing down our eventual winner. Now, if you've um, just picked up the My Love of Golf uh, vibe and you, know, you decided there's an Australian podcast that have cracked 200 episodes, I might jump on because you know, they seem to be keeping going. So uh, we're talking about uh, tipping competition, which was ran, run uh, through the entirety of the PGA Tour season. It's run by Michael who's the Aussie golfer and it's part of what he does um, through Australia's biggest um, blog site and et cetera. Um, also a supporter of ours, you know, we've had a number of reviews on Aussie golfer uh, blog site about, you know, Australia's better podcasts and we appreciate him for that. We might try and get Michael on to talk about Teepster because I think it really did help us and give us something else that uh, we could engage with the people who, you know, the, there's, 70 odd people in there that were part of that uh, program and we just talked about it on here you know we didn't do anything there's no email list or there's nothing else there's no incentive for people to join um, just people join but I definitely know from the people that we know they got everyone talking and they look forward to it week in week out so we'll definitely be doing that again um, if there's any way that we can expand it and do things differently ourselves and make it more fun um, you know, we, it's not sponsored or anything. You don't have to pay to get into it. There's there's no commitment. You just got to do your tips. You know, the the system emails you a reminder, gives you a countdown, tells you who you have picked and haven't picked. It's one and done. So that means you can only pick one player once. And it was a lot of fun. And it certainly is a good way to keep you engaged with uh, with the PGA Tour. But you know, there's a lot of people that know each other, and I think it gave the people that know each other something to talk about uh, related to golf. Uh, each week as well and one of those people I bumped into this week gents I had the opportunity to go to Sydney I went up there uh, to test out uh, a new Bushnell product um, unbelievable laser range finder it does everything bar hit your golf shot um, in terms of what it does for you to help you hit the golf shot more about that later it's the Pro X3 it's unbelievable up in Sydney so you had to fly to Sydney to like sort of see if it would go from Sydney to like the Drummond Melbourne well, you've like got get your distance. Yeah, well, seventh, well, seventh well, of PK North is <laughs> well, nine hundred eighty-seven kilometers away. I will tell you. I will. T- I will tell you. I'll give you one little snippet of information. What this range laser rangefinder does do? It has elements. So elements is not new technology for for Bushnell. Elements uh, is. Basically, you know, my current rangefinder can, if you turn it on, uh, take into the elements, the, uh, the barometric pressure, and give you distances with that factored in. Well, this one factors in your home elements um, detail, so it knows, you know, how far you have a distance 
given around your home base. It, you plug that into the app in the phone. It knows where you usually play. So when you go to other elevations, it gives you a distance at that elevation and how that equates to what your home elevation would be. Yeah, I know. I can see you squinting. It's hard to explain. Wow. No, no, no. no, no, no. It's, no like a little caddy. it's like a little caddy in your, in your yeah. hand. Can so, you use that? Are you allowed to use those things no, no, of course during not. a tournament round? No, of course not. No, you can't use any So it's of perfect for Patrick Reed then? Yes, exactly. Made for Patrick Reed. No, you can't use any of that stuff. Slope. Um, it has slope, of course. So now it gives you slope and it gives you a elements adjusted and a elements adjusted to your home turf. So you, you know, if you're playing at elevation, it's going to say, well, this is what it would mean if you were hitting on your distance at your if so Patrick could be lining it up and he'd be lining it up over his ball and he'd be saying to himself my element is everyone thinks I'm looking at the flag while I'm moving my ball out of the rough with my foot uh, I don't know if any of that's uh, embargoed or not I hope not but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's bloody good um, so back in my day mate we just stepped everything off from the back plate and you figured it out from there none of this fandangle bloody technology stuff I did actually play recently like that just to remind myself about it um which I think I think everyone should do. Well, it's you should do it if you've played that way. Like we played like that as a junior. You know, there was no, yeah. we had no measurements. So, and I think it was a great advantage to be able to grow up and play with that distance measuring devices. Yeah, um, because you develop a feel for the ability to hit different shots. Hundred uh, percent. No, mate, I, I love my Bushnell. I have, I should say that we're not sponsored by Bushnell, but I do love it. But I have forgotten it, or I've taken out the half set here and there. Well, it's like you, you leave your arm oh, at home. You've lost your good you, lord. You've lost with one hand. I got no idea what <laughs> that that feel is not there anymore. That, and even even on Sunday when we played, I had a shot into a um uh, one of the holes. It was just it was a short little pitch. And I just pull it out, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, whereas normally, like you said, back in the day, you just go look at it and go, right, I can feel this is like a little half this. You didn't have to worry about measuring it off, but now it's just an automatic. No, you, you would have found like, you would, you would have found a peg. You would have stepped it off yeah. and gone, oh, here's 100%. the pin at the front of the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, Pull out a scorecard, read she's the back about, of it. She's about 78. Sprinkler markers to the front or sprinkler markers are to the center <laughs> of green. That's I'm looking for that on the card. Or when you forget, like it, you know, you think it's like to the front and it's actually to the center, and you airmail it. Who ah, was it? Who was it? Wrong course. <laughs> Who? Someone was talking about it this week. It was either on a, it was either on a podcast or an interview, and they were playing with a lady in, I think it was one of the no laying up guys. They were playing with a lady in a pro am, and she had a. We'll say she had a bushnell, and she was buzzing, and she was flashing the ball, but wasn't really getting it. And she's like, just haven't been hitting it well the last three months. And then they buzzed it and she said, oh, it's 175. And he's like, no, no, it's it's 160. And she's like, no, nah, 175. Oh, no, sorry, other way around. Yeah. <laughs> she had it in meters. <laughs> and, he, and she's hitting everything. <laughs> he's coming up short for three months and hadn't realized that <laughs> she had her settings wrong. Uh, trust me, that's a fairly regular occurrence. Uh <laughs> You know, this this thing's wrong. Um, okay, really sorry. Um, look, I'm sure there'll be an answer. Bring it in. We'll check it out yep. and make sure it's all right. Um, did you take the battery out after we set it up for you? When, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to see what battery it was so I can get some spare ones. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
and I turned it back on. It was on fine, no problems. Yeah, it might have gone back to yards. So, you know, I think yards is the default uh, when they come out of the box. Yeah. And uh, you've got to hold the button and reset it. So, yeah, no, we've had some people that have been playing with yards and didn't realise. Anyway, we get past that. Uh, anyway, that's what I was. That's why I had to go to Sydney Rocket um, to test it in different elements away from, you know, the normal confines. Uh, no, we had some stuff to do up there, which was good. But um, back to the point. Sorry for the sidetrack, but bring it back to uh, Teepster and our valuable and uh, loved listeners. I bumped into uh, Golf Labyrinth. Uh, you can see the picture on my background there, uh, Rocket. Do you know? Do you know where that is? Where I'm? Where I'm standing? That's a car park of a golf club. It's certainly not looking at a golf club, but it's looking out from the car park of said golf club. Can you tell where I might have been uh, playing? No, no. In no? South Wales. Yes, correct. That's exactly right. Uh, that picture is looking over La Perouse, um, over to the the birthplace of this nation, actually. I think that's where Captain Cook first anchored up. Uh, that, Botany Bay. That little part of Botany Bay. And, um, yeah, it was at New South Wales Golf Club. I'll t- can I tell you a funny story? Mm-hmm. It might not be that funny. I don't know. It was, it was funny at the time. So I was in the room, uh, the visitor's locker room there, just put the bags in there, putting shoes on, whatever you do storing some stuff for the day because we were coming home and um, a colleague had said new range finder in his hand and uh, he just made sure it was on in the locker room and just pointed it and at the other end of the locker room is showers and there was one of the members in the shower he said oh, I better not point it down there that looks a bit weird and I said yeah you're, you're right that does look a bit weird so put it away and, and he was legitimately just test, testing and making sure that it was on and working and all that sort of thing um, not on not on yards it was on metres and uh, <laughs> it was golf labyrinths in the shower <laughs> I didn't see him I didn't you know we just walked out and then I was out there getting ready for the golf and then uh, Cameron uh, came out and said oh g'day Ross how are you going and I turned around it was Cameron who I'd met before we'd played at Peninsula Kingswood and um yeah, so we were lasering uh, golf labyrinth in the shower. It was obviously <laughs> closed off and all that. There was no hokey pokey. Don't worry about that. But it was good to see Cameron, and uh, it was very nice of him to uh, say hello. He's off on a trip, uh, a golf trip. He takes great photos, golf labyrinth does. If you want to see good quality golf photos taken by one of the best cameras you can get, the Leica, um, check out golf labyrinth's uh, page, and you'll see some great English golf coming up if you do follow Cameron at golf labyrinth on Instagram. Uh, but he gave us some nice feedback. He said, oh, "I really enjoyed the podcast, boys." And you know, Cameron is a very educated man, a very high achiever in in his world of business. He said, I'm "Really enjoying the podcast." I said, "You sure? You really? You you are?" Which one? <laughs> he said, "No, no, I really, really, really enjoy it." So I really appreciated that feedback. Uh, there you go. Well, he'd be enjoying it because he finished sixth overall in oh, the tipping and. Back to the real point, he loves uh, the tipster. He loves uh, the tipping, uh, really did enjoy it, loves all the banter and everything that goes on around it. So anyway, there you go. That's good. <laughs> um, That's a long story short, by the way. I'm not going to make the joke. I was going to make that. Um, so no, from you 10th. Should. You should. No, no, no I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay. No, that's silly. Um, I'm going to start at 10th. Oh, tipster, yes. Tipster, the yep. winner. Uh, that, so we're going to go from 10th down. Actually, we have it from 15th because we've been doing 15th in the out of the data lake every week. So in 15th spot, we got coffee. 14th is level F Neb. Ben Flavor from, uh, ben Flavor oh, ben. from, uh, yeah. from Adelaide. SA. Well done. Uh, 13th is public golf. 
And now I don't know who some of these people are. You might know who they no, are. Don't know. Twelfth uh, is Chipper. Eleventh uh, is Lewis H. I still think it's Lewis Hamilton. Can't be talked out of that. Probably, tenth, probably is. Probably is. Tenth uh, is Bobby, who is my mate. Who's currently? I think he's currently in South America doing it tough after being in America when he joined this. He was living in New York, then he was in Ocean Grove, and now he's in South America. Um, and he was at the Open as well. Okay. Yeah, I should have told told him to catch up with you. Uh, ninth. Getting to the pointy end, Joe Ptolemyo in ninth. We had a very good year, did Joe. Uh, eighth is the Shermanator. Seventh is no three putts. Sixth is the Golf Labyrinth. Fifth is three putt or die. Now, I know one of the putting ones there, I think, is Scott Carter. I can't really remember. Uh, it definitely is. I think three. I think. I hope it's three putt three, or die because. I, I'm pretty sure that's Scott Carter. That's good because then he finished behind me. Um, <laughs> so. Fourth is uh, fourth is me, which is um, disappointing because uh, Scotty wins and I probably finish second. Instead, I finish fourth. You finish uh, strong. Finish strong, yeah. Uh, third was Nomadic Golfer, who we have to give some props to <sighs> Nomadic Golfer because I reckon he was in the top three. Scotty Scheffler. He was Scotty Scheffler all year. All year. He was, he was crushing it in the majors. He was. Um, I think it was up until the Open. I think it was up until the open. That's about a couple of weeks before the open. That's when you hit your hot streak. Yeah, and he was like pinging away, kind of he, pretty much like at the top. Up until so either him, him or him or our overall winner, one of them picked two out of, or three out of the four major wins. Well, that's ridiculous. Um, unheard of. Uh, so no, nomadic golf a very very good year. Look, number two was the doctor marketing. I don't want to praise him too much, but it is a very good result. I can't argue with it. Um. He was and, probably and and, th- and and think, is he ruining the missed tip? He did miss one too from, quite late in the season, and it was only a couple of weeks ago when he was yeah. getting all you know tapping into his emo youth. Well, yeah, it was, and so it cost him that that even if he get he would have needed to get a top three, I reckon, to get get our overall winner, and our overall winner is Michael Lloyd. Michael Lloyd hung on. He uh. He had a a lazy, what did he have, $700,000 win over second place. That's very, very good here. So he had $13.15 million. Um, And just because I know you two want to know where you finished, because just remember oh. the, the winner was on 13.15. Rocket, you're on 24th at 7.5. And Roscoe, you you must have had a good last couple of weeks because oh, you finished on fire. 31st, and you finished on 7.15. So you're about 400k behind Rocket. Look, it was like a, a Melbourne Cup field where the, where the quality stayers stayed right, one out, one back, uh, right to the end, and then came through. But uh, ultimately, um, now Michael Lloyd, I know Michael Lloyd very well. He won't uh, bid this, a roughy one, a roughy one. Let's see, let's see if we can get him on the phone. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. Let's see. Let's. I don't know if this is going to work for the podcast or the video. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Probably not going to answer. He's probably looking down. What's Ross? If I saw your number at nine thirty on Thursday, I wouldn't be answering either. I'd be like, what's Mate, this all night, all night, Mike. You have reached. Oh, well. Uh, well, Michael Lloyd, uh, <laughs> if you pick up the phone uh, and don't see the message, that was us bringing to congratulate you and tell you you've won a, a uh, Mile of Golf hat, T-shirt and uh, a hoodie. Loves a hoodie. Um, 
Michael and Kelly. Get one of the cables and plug it in, plug it into the roadcaster. Then anyone dials in, we can just patch them straight in. Yeah, that's what we that could, does. That's it. We that's, could do one of those things like the radio shows do, and you could, they got to answer the phone with, "I wake up to my love of golf," and then we give them a prize. And if they don't, they get nothing. <laughs> I think we're bunch. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. But uh, anyway, I try, I think, <laughs> that wasn't planned. Uh, uh, obviously, if I was planned, I would have had Michael on the phone. But I just thought of it. I thought I've got his phone number in my bag. No, according to our run sheet, that is planned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael, you win a my love of golf hoodie. Um, we'll send one for Kelly as well. And uh, a T-shirt and a hat. There you go. Well done. Any other prizes? Any other T-shirts or hats we have to give out? I've got a, I've got a box for them. Uh, no, I think we had some a voucher for the winner, but we'll figure that out. Oh, and we yeah. did we get did we get rid of who won? Oh, we still need to figure out. I don't know where they got in touch with you. The winner of the um the majors. So they um who major winner? I can't remember who it was. I'll look it back up. But you were away, so you're you admin on that. So no, I have just, no idea. Just I'll tell, figure it out. Just tell me and we'll and we'll work it out. But Michael Lloyd. Uh, I see him fairly regularly. So well done, Michael. He's a. I actually thought it was Nomadic that won the majors. Oh, I'm just going to look that up now. Okay. Mm. Where do we send it to Nomadic? He's Nomadic by nature. It was. It was Nomadic. Nomadic golfer finished uh, finished first from Bobby, and he picked two of the of the four wins in the majors. Uh, we'll get in touch with Tony. Uh, a great asset to Australian golf. He's uh, documenting his travels around the country and uh, he's, I think he's played 7,000 golf courses by now and towing the Sunline or the New Age or the Jayco, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so he's doing great. Anyway, Teepster, one and done and uh, it was a lot of fun. Anything else yeah. to, anything else to digest uh, from the uh, normal golf Um before we get into the new normal, no. the new normal golf uh, European tour, I stayed up and watched that on Sunday night. Yeah, Matt Wallace didn't quite catch it. He he, he, he came home well, didn't quite get there. And Tristan, 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 Tristan. I think it's Tristan is the way they Tristan. pronounce it. Yep. Yeah, um, got there. Probably probably had played uh, better during the week. Mm. Well, he started better um, and was kind of up there the whole way and. Um, yeah, didn't quite get there, but you know, it's good to see Matt Wallace playing good golf. To be honest, it kind of was. Um, you know, think about um, four, three or four years ago, yeah, he was really giving he, things a shake. Yeah, he was the next big thing, and then he's just had some you know, issues. Maybe not the right way to describe it, but um, you know, he just hasn't been there or thereabouts. Um, had his Sunday black on, just obviously had a good round. I fell asleep for a little bit, woke up, it was a tie, watched the playoff and uh, Tristan just got it done and uh, Maddie didn't. But the DP World Tour, what is it for? What's the future of it? What's it going to look like? We don't know. Um, it 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 doesn't look good, does it? You know, they've, they've, what is it now? The 10, top 10? Do they get a card? Do they get a PGA Tour card? Or does that st- start next year? Um, might be this year. Yeah. Might be this year, top 10 on the um, race to Dubai, whatever it is. Well, the thing is that the ones that have signed with Liv that usually would play the European Tour, none of the, we'll call it the guys that are sitting in the top 10 anyway. And the unfortunate thing is that the race to Dubai stuff includes a lot of the majors and things like that. So effectively, you had like Colin... Colin win the race to Dubai and <laughs> pretty much only played like the Scottish and the British that, Open. Yeah, stuff. and that, that's a part. So obviously all of their, um, all the majors would go towards it as well because they're co-sanctioned events. 
So if you have a reasonable season in the majors, you're going to have reasonable yep. points. Like I would say. Yeah, and they don't, they don't include enough of the other events and stuff like that, right? So that presents a bit of a challenge. So you kind of – it doesn't really tell you who are the top ones that are playing in, 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 in Europe. And the thing is that the um, – I can't think of anyone that signed with Liv that is one of the those guys that are in that young up-and-coming – or has been sort of in the the top echelon of those. It's still a lot of the old old stages like Henrik and Polter, G Mac, but they've been stationing themselves in on the US side for the last decade anyway. Um, and then Sergio, if anything, Ram probably goes back and play, Ram and Rory go back and play more than most of those guys. Um, but the pro- the problem with the European tour is. I don't know what's happened in the last sort of decade, but they just don't have the same depth of talent as the US that's coming through the system at the moment. The the the, the younger talent that's coming through the US system in the last five years is ridiculous. There's some some seriously good golfers coming through, but it's not it's not happening at the same rate in Europe, and it's showing unfortunately. Look, this. I think there's some individually some good golfers, but just the the tour's not going to be attractive enough for these players to to not have their eyes on other prizes. Put it that way, you know they they're going to start looking more at Asian tour. They're going to start gravitating more towards, especially with you know some of the changes uh, on the PGA tour, and if they can you know get through that Corn Ferry stage and. You know, who knows? You know, it's that's not well, different. In, in well, the thing point. is, if you're if you're competitive by nature, just purely, just purely by nature, forget about the money. If you are competitive by nature, you are chasing to try and play, prove yourself. You you are trying to prove yourself against the best. So you are going to go to a certain point in Europe and go. Do you know what? Now I want to make my way in the US. Like you look at even a lot of the Australian players, they will try and make their way in Europe get to a certain point, then now I'm going to pivot and go to the US because I've got to test myself against the bit, you know, arguably probably the best tour if you go by just total pull of talent. You know, Minwoo's trying to secure his card there. Herbie's already done it. Adam Scott went down this path. Brooks Kepka went down this path. The Shark went down this path. There's there's a whole journey where there's a lot do it that way and they go. They start there and then they move to, you know, move to the US. You know, Rory, Ramp, the, the there's a long history of going, they get to Europe. thing with Europe is it doesn't have, back to that talent, it doesn't have the, it's not the draw, it's it's like it doesn't have enough of those five or six stars, which may, they don't have to be week in, week out, but they're the ones where it's like people are going, I want to compete against that person. Like you think back to the 80s and 90s, it's like it's Seve, Faldo, Monty, hmm. um, uh, Woozy, Sandy Lyle, Bernard Langer, etc., uh, and then there's elements of that into the '90s and the thousands where it was like it's 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 Sergio, it's it's Westy, it, it is Stinson, it's you know Poulter and those guys. So the tour, Justin Rose, right? So there's there was elements of strength, but the last, for some reason that last decade it's dropped off, and I don't know why. Well, I think the fields are going to be weaker. There'd be less less attraction for a lot of people to to be there, and you know, who, 
who knows what happens with it from now with the competition from PJ Tour and, and Live Golf and the you know the Asian Tour and everything else. Uh, do you? Um, but that I mean well, that that's what people want, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for five minutes. But, yeah, go for it. You know, I'm finding probably Twitter very. Mm, a very frustrating place at times because I feel like the old guard and there are a lot of people that are in, that are around Australian golf that want to complain about how the European uh, the, the US tour has ruined the Australian tour and that there's certainly massive chunks of it that has but also I don't feel like we've done the best to give ourselves a great uh, product to ensure that there is a life there right and so now you sit there and go well people outside of golf that I know are very invested in live, right? I've got mates that can't wait for there to be a live event here because they cannot wait to go because they want to see these great players play for all this money because that's what they've heard and they're interested in that, right? I'm not as much. But the idea that we would all love that I think we can all align on is we would love to see a world tour, right? We would love to see the best players playing on a world tour. That that would be the perfect ending. PJ Tour is not going to do that. Live Tour might try and do that, but again, They've told us they will, but I get a feeling they're going to promise the world and deliver an atlas. Um, and then on top of that, they're still going to be light on talent, right? So the next tier down is going to be the Asian tour, who we will probably get some sort of investment in the Asian tour from Liv. Well, we definitely will. Um, and then that might well bleed into more events in Australia where we might get those secondary tier guys and more good golfers playing here that we don't get to see normally. Like I'm not talking about the... Dustin Johnsons and Brooks Kepkers. I'm talking about the guys that are up and coming. Now, they're not going to be PGA Tour talent as yet, but they could be up and coming, and it's good quality golf for us to see, which would be great. But that's about as close as we're going to get to what I think is good or might be good. But um, it's funny. like it, it, You're right, Ross. It's going to be at the detriment of the other tours, the PGA Tour and the European Tour. The, the, the tough part for the European Tour is they didn't have the structure that the PGA Tour had. They don't have the product. They don't have the money because they don't have the product. <laughs> they don't have the sponsors. They're playing for less money. Not only are guys going to go and play in America because they're playing better players and to prove that they're better, but they're also playing more money. And you finish 50th in America versus 50th in in uh, in the UK is just not not even yeah. comparable. Um, yeah. So just it, it, it's it's going to be just really 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 messy. Really messy for a long time. Um, Sorry, I'm back. Uh-huh. Right, so yeah. to back to your point that you started off with, and I, I know that I'm. Don't know the episode. I know we talked about this one on on a previous podcast when we talked about the. You know, it's like I, I know what you're saying. We're seeing the people talking about our oh, Cam Smith there because they they USP the PGA Tour and whoever else ruined the the Australian circuit. Like we wasted. You know, between Golf Australia, PGA Australia, they couldn't all come together and basically t- try and slice out like this four-month period of the year. Had the opportunity when we had lots of serious talent coming down here that time of the year, we had the opportunity uh, over, we'll call it from the mid-80s peak shark all the way to like the middle of the 90s, and we wasted every opportunity to try and grow and turn the tour into something it could have been because it's like there's the whole prize money and then there's even the whole thing around taxes. Why didn't they all come together from a governing body and go, do you know what, the only way we're going to attract talent here is if we need to make it so they're not going to get absolutely just slaughtered uh, 
at, at the by the taxman on you know leaving the country. So create an exemption because Australian Open Tennis have done that. They've they've done that and got exemptions for the Australian Open to make sure that they retain the Australian Open as a central point as one of the majors because that was under threat from being lost. And there's all this other we'll call it ancillary money and 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 things that can happen around the game by building this out and we wasted an opportunity. So anyone that goes, oh, you know, the PGA took no, no. They 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 took they they took their opportunity because there was space. If there's vacuum, if vacuum, they will someone will fill it. And we had an opportunity to fill it and we failed. Mm. Well, I think I think you can see how you guys say that if you've been following Australian golf for long enough and, and you've you know got some runs under your belt in terms of age, you know, and you saw what some of those big tournaments were like back when they were big, they were big. You know, you just have to look at the names on the trophies and, and not going back to the Australian Masters yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. Please. Like some of the fields, like they were ridiculous. Anyone go and watch Rob Williamson on um, on Twitter when he posts a lot of the old um, footage from the 80s and stuff like that. He must have like a treasure trove of, of recordings. Yeah. But you look at some of the leaderboards, like there are some seriously, seriously yeah. top elite players rolling down to Australia to play the Aussie Open, the Masters and the PGA and stuff. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and I should say, when I say, and I know I'm not going to speak on behalf of Rocket, but when we say what, what should have been done, it's all easy in hindsight, right? But the biggest thing here is, there's no money and no investment in this sport in Australia and that hasn't been for a long time. There's no sponsors, right? So if you've got no sponsors, you've got no money. So even if, you know, guys like Cam Smith and Leash and Adam Scott, those guys have done really great in coming back and playing our key events that still exist for no money, right? They're not getting, even if they're winning, there's no money in it for them versus probably just staying home, you know? Like it's an investment in 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 golfing in Australia that they come back, right? And they love the, the tournaments and they love the country and that's that can't be applauded enough. But when you think about from a from a marketing point of view, and again, I know this isn't as easy as it's, I'm gonna say it, but they there's no there's no build on what was there and there's we had players leaving to play for more money against better players overseas at a better product and that's why they went. And when you got no people here that are going to be playing or less talent, you're not going to have as much money in it, and then you have less money in it, and it's just this cycle that eventually ends up with us having a two-tournament season over three weeks in November up against Thanksgiving and the off-season of the PGA Tour. Yep. Because back then it was like the PGA Tour would finish in September and they'd have this kind of the hiatus. You have the European Tour, they're hitting their winter, so we had this almost like this three to four month window and people go, yep. oh, you're in hindsight. But the thing is, though, it's not about the hindsight. It's the people at the time should have had the foresight to to, to fill that vacuum and they didn't. And that's the problem because if you're and, running a game and a sport, you've got to have vision and a strategy. Yeah. And and I know a lot of the guys talk about the wraparound season not being helpful and 100% wasn't. And yep. I'm going to pick a player out of thin air, right? Matty Goggin. Matty Goggin has a PGA Tour card any given year. He needs to be in America to try and play the starting of the early season. Absolutely no doubt. With all due respect to Matty, who's an exceptional golfer and clearly building one of the probably one of the best courses coming into Australia in any given future, 
no one is turning up to the Australian Open to watch Matty Goggin. Right? He, yes, he is someone that can come and support it, but he's also not the person that's going to do anything. You know, Rocket, there's a Tasmanian wants to belt me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the guys that are the guys that are going to move the dial are the big name global players and the big name Australians. And do you know what else will move the dial? Events like the Vic Open, big name women players, and doing something different and integrating the two sexes together to play in the same event at the same time and what they're going to do this year at the Australian Open. That, that 10 years ago would be a very different op- offering in the Australian golf landscape right now. Like we would be, you've already seen the Scandinavian copy with Ernie Els and, uh, not Ernie Els, uh, Sorensen and Fenson. You know what I mean? Like the, these are the things that are leading leading the way and we didn't lead the way and that's cool. You don't have to always lead the way, but then don't complain that we didn't have a great product, so everybody left, and these guys are real pricks because they had this really good product that people went to play. That doesn't work. On, that doesn't work for me. Mm. Yep. Okay. Well, I don't think the PGA Tour have made it any um, easier for the consideration of PGA Tour co-sanctioned events down here in Australia with their their changes because their changes that they've announced this week on the back of the the big meeting with. Uh, Rory Tiger and the was the top thirty or so. It was about 20, 22 20 players, yeah. twenty players, um, and Ricky meeting up in Delaware. So the Ricky. top 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 twenty OWGs. Adam, Adam Scott was in the room. Apparently. Okay, Adam Scott's on board. I think. I think. I think Adam Scott's all in. I, I think Adam Scott's taking on the uh, from very much the outside because I'm sitting in Melbourne and work at selling cheese. Um, Adam's got – it feels like he's taking on that leadership role. Like he, he, the older statesman, understanding the landscape. I don't necessarily has the the financial investment coming out of it like a Tiger or a Rory, but I think he's thinking, you know what? No, it, I need to lead the way and show why this will work. Will Adam Scott give uh, Leash and Smithy the same treatment that Rory's going to give them? No, he's too nice. Mm, okay. I don't think Rory will do it. I don't think Rory will – Give him anything spectacular. I think he'll just that'll be what it'll he just, be. He'll probably just walk past them and not talk to them. Yeah, uh, I think I think the, I think the, 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 the people that the yeah, the only person the only there's two people that will that will be the antagonists, and I almost wish they would go and play the PGA Championship over there in Wentworth, just to be antagonists, and that would be JT and Jordan Spieth. <laughs> They're like a couple of chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon the only person Rory would have a dip at would be Neiman. And that's because Neiman was in the room yeah, saying he was undecided mm. and then jumped ship yeah. a week later. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ooh. that I think could quite comfortably, I could see Rory having a dip. But for someone like Cam, who for more reports he called after the, the rumours came out after the Open, um, I'd be shocked if Cam Smith didn't just say to him, this is where it's at. This is what's happening. Moving on. Hmm. It's a good, good get by Liv, right? That's the, that's yeah. the first informed player they've they've got. I, I hope he – I really hope I, – I really hope it's more than what they've said. Because if guys like it's DJ and Brooks are getting 150 and, and, and Phil's getting 200, Cam Smith's worth 200. I'm not just saying that because I'm an Aussie. He's the Open champion. He's a Players Championship champion. champion. He's a world, world number, number two. two. He's he's 
bringing a continent with him. Let's let's loop back to live in a sec. Just on that meeting, and then the PGA Tour's response to everything that's going on, and their proposed changes to you know the big players got to play twenty events, including the majors. Uh, they're going to have big money events for those big guys. They're going to give five hundred thousand um, guaranteed yeah. against earnings for players, uh, including rookies. Rookies get paid in advance. Uh, against their earnings, so you know it gives them the opportunity to put a team together, get some travel money, and all that sort of stuff. Thoughts around that? Any, you know, does it? I think, I think the the money ahead of time is good. It yeah. gives you time to set yourself up for success. I, I, I don't know that the twenty event stuff is in stone yet. I think they're still working around that. I think there'll be twenty What's elevated that? events. Well, John, I don't know that. John Rahm's clearly not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched that press conference. I think that I think that was misquoted a bit. I think. I think he just didn't know what they were talking about and they were just asking questions and he just was giving his standard smart-ass Spanish responses. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he sort of said, look, don't ask me. I'm not, I'm not the one. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not the guy that you should be asking these sorts of things. But even the, the follow-up question was all like, "Is there? do you know more than us? And he's, like, he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? Like, um, I, 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 I think that it makes sense because it rewards the guys that are going to – it rewards the guys that they're worried about leaving. That's mm. it. And yep. those, with, if those guys leave, there's no tour. Oh, sorry, there's no sponsors. And if there's no sponsors, there's no tour. And if there's no sponsors, there's no tour. There's nothing for the next 130 people on the list. Mm. Yeah, well, it was fairly well documented what the response was muted to be and then what they're, what they're planning. And, you know, it's obviously a, an organisation that's under pressure, you know, responding probably too late, you know, probably changing their model too late um, to, to a competitor. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing: is that I don't, I don't think it's too late. But to move, turn the Titanic around the iceberg is very, very hard. Mm. Now, and we've, you've heard me talk about this one ad nauseum. But they have an opportunity to, to fix a, a bit that is a problem, and it's the, it's that talent pool which they have an advantage over. Right, because they're not going to have to try and recruit. Because here's the here's the beauty, right? Live live a they're, they're already bloated with over the hill players. They've they've bought the they've bought the names, right? But they're not going to get the product. And Cam Smith is the first. We'll call it product plus DJ and Brooks and stuff like that. They, they may come back and find some form, but the PGA Tour have the funnel of talent, so they need to actually. The, the, and this goes back, you know, they've got that stipend or whatever it is they're bringing down for those lower tier players. But outside of those 20 events, this is where they really need to mix it up and go back to the the players that are in those top echelon in the in form on the Corn Ferry Tour. How do you start pumping them into the PGA Tour events and elevating them up faster and stop letting them languish away on on the on the on the Corn Ferry when they're hot? Like, because when when you when you when a player is in hot form, like, why wouldn't you want to bring them up and have a story around them? Because that's what people want to see: new talent, new hot talent, had a hot so form in the Corn Ferry Tour. They've talked about that. I'm sure in the last week, I've heard of, heard of them talking to there being some sort of um, way to do that. I mean, the, the, they obviously will get order of entry, but there's got it. Like we've talked about before, it's no good being fifth on the order of entry in your criteria 
if there's no benefit for you to go there and finish 50th because you're better off staying on the, on the other tour. And so that's they've the got thing. To figure that this bit. goes back to the weighting, right? So if you pl- if you instead if you're playing a crossover event and it's not the Corn Ferry, if you depending on your finish should be weighted accordingly because yeah. you're in a you 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 know and call it maybe strength of field or wherever it is. Yeah. So if you earn points and you don't earn enough, if you don't do enough to stay up there and you've yeah. got to still continue down for the rest of the year, you going to that event should not be penalised. No, and that's a bit they've got, the to fix. they've got to figure out. Because they, they, they will get their access after the guys that are on the PGA Tour get their access and whatever the other rules and regs for the steps that go through are. But, yeah, there's no point for some of them playing and they'll pass it up if there's not some sort of rationale and a reward going towards them getting their card for the year after. And even some of these garbage events that are, you know, the opposite field events and things like that. So rather than filling it with the, you know, Omar Uresties and stuff like that, it's like if Omar wants to play, but dude, you may get a start on the Corn Ferry. But he won't, he won't get in. He he only gets in as like the, the if the Corn Ferry guys have said no. You, you're 100% correct in that they have to make it, there has to be something in it for the corn fairy guys. Otherwise, you will get Omar Uresti because yeah. the corn fairy guys are like, well, why would I do that? I'm, you just let him play because it doesn't help me at all. They've yep. got to fix that, and hopefully they do. Um, but if if they bring in more players, it just means more mouths to feed because those top 20 events will take the cream away, and then you've got more guys underneath that are coming in, which means more guys that need some sort of support which is fine, but then money's got to come in from sponsors and you've got to sell that to the sponsors and have the money coming in. Uh, and that's going to be their balance, right? But Well, I think it's the, the, the yeah, there's more mouths to feed, but I think we need to get back to a bit of that competition stuff. Still pump the money up, but there's a balancing act with you've got to, some of those, we'll call it the, call it the Cam Tringales. You've got to flush a few of those suckers out. Not, and well, he's and find some of these younger talent. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I do get it, but it, the the trickiest part about it all is if you don't support the big guys, then there's no tour, right? And Correct. so it, that, those guys are what is bringing um, bringing a tour at all. So and and unfortunately, the, the trying to be equitable and and support and provide, we'll call it uh, a livelihood for a job that actually can be quite hard and some careers can be short and yeah. some can be long, is it makes complete sense. But unfortunately, the balance has gone too far the other way. Hmm. Where, there was, you know... There was a fire pit pod today or day before that came out with Andy Ogletree. And if anyone hasn't listened to it, I'd, I'd recommend it highly for someone who's gone through PGA Tour School, Corn Ferry Tour, USM, our first live event. It... It's played in Asia, played in Singapore last week, played in Korea the week after. Where he's been and what he's had to do to try and get his card is uh, just to play golf. Exactly what you guys said at the start about someone who just wants to go and play golf against the best people and earn a living out of it. It was a really, really, really interesting listen. But um, and, and 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 I haven't listened. I've seen it and, and I've got it on the, the the listen list. Yeah, but I think also didn't he turn? I think he turned pro sort of in. the Middle of COVID as well. So, so yeah, that, that exactly what I was about to say. So one of the biggest things that happened that that went wrong for him, he was going to play the Masters and turn pro, and then the Masters got pushed back to November, so he didn't get to play anywhere. Then got to play in the Masters, then turn pro, and then um, 
had to have a hip operation. So then missed golf altogether. And because of the way the re-scheduling um, or the re-jigging for the tour worked, he didn't have status. So, yeah, it's very interesting, very interesting listen. But just one thing, like I know you said a second ago, Ross, about uh, is it too late? I mean, it is late. I don't think it's too late. But I look at it and say, I would think the PGA Tour probably had a – they knew this was coming for a long time before we knew it was here. Mm. They would have been working on a plan, but what and they had a war chest ready to go in case of emergency. But what probably cooked them is COVID. Mm. So during COVID, you got to remember these guys still kept getting play, paid. Yeah, yep. I had a handful of events with no one there, but they still had to pay prize money and sponsors' money had to come out of it and everything else. So that would have made a dent in whatever they were trying to do. And then Saudi Arabia comes in and says. <laughs> Here's all the money in the world to some of the key players they want to keep. I nothing's, nothing's gone right for him for yeah. a little while. Just and just to the point about the Australian golf scene and and you know how we've sort of let that slip over the years. I also think some in some respects that COVID might have, you know, just got in the way of the momentum that we had after the Presidents Cup and the the interest that was in Australia and Australian golf yeah. and and if ever there was a time to strike, it was that time and it just got ripped away. Um, you know that doesn't mean that something would have happened, but the appetite was there. You know, Tiger saying this is the best golf that outside of uh, you know where where he plays, where he knows. And um, anyway, that's that's another who who knows who knows. But um, anyway. Uh, there's a lot happening on the PGA Tour. It's clear. Everyone knows that. If you follow Twitter and Instas and all that sort of thing, you can see it. Um, there's a lot of lot of information uh, if you want to consume it. We've got we've got a new event, uh, a new live golf event happening this week at uh, Bo- in Boston. We've Where is it? Not really. Not not really Boston. Where? Where what, what course is it? You're, you're the course architect. Uh, um, author. Oh no, I have no idea what course it is, but it's not. It's about. Forty minutes away from Boston. So oh, well, can I say? Yeah, well, that's oh, like oh, saying PK isn't Melbourne. Of course it is. It is. It's it's like five minutes walk from Flinders Street Station. Exactly. Um, no, I've no, been on the. No I've stop, been on the. No stops express. No, exactly. <laughs> I've been on the. I've been on the live website for five minutes before we started this podcast to figure out what the course is. I've got no idea where the course is, uh, unless it's called the International. Would that be the name of the course? I, I can't find uh, it. I, I, that, that tells you how well there are webs, and I'm not picking on lead, so I'm sure people, you know, did I, Blake, uh, Blake, you'll be on me. Can you have a look? Can you look it up? But did I see right that uh, the no laying up guys preemptively were putting in the yeah uh, the sus- codes the codes of the suspected players before the announcement? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wh- why are we not that clever? <laughs> why? That's we're just funny. not. We're, we're just not that quick. Um, yeah, so they were putting in uh, Smith twenty and getting twenty yeah. percent off. Yeah, Leishman twenty five um, or yeah, uh, International Golf Club. Yeah, Liverpool is that what that is? Yeah, what it's called? International Golf Club, eighteenth hole, Wade Ormsby. Um, there you go. Wade is obviously uh, very buoyed by his new teammates uh, in mm. Team Punch GC, uh, the Australian team led by Matt Jones. Oh, not led by Matt Jones, but with Matt Jones. Obviously, uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. Pretty good team uh, for Australia now. It is. I would say. Uh, I'd say they'd be would have been hoping Adam Scott came over to fill in for Matt Jones, but other than that, yeah, it's not bad. I wonder if Herbie's had an offer. Herbie would have had an offer. 
Is this I can't believe this. It, is this I'm looking at this. The international is even saying it's from Boston. Uh, oh, no, it's Bolton. Oh, they're confusing it. He's the sort of player that you'd that you'd probably want in uh, a live environment, would you not? He seems to. He would fit that. Uh, fit that. Um, you know, I like to have a good time and entertain. Uh, Mold. Smash some beers and burgers with the fans. Uh, who knows? I think uh, he's, he's he's always. I mean, he's obviously always wanted to play on a PJ tour. So. I'm pretty sure he's a he's a committed PGA Tour. You know, it's been his dream. So um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that from him or, or any other sources. But it, you know, just observationally, I would say that. Um, yeah. So Team Punch, uh, the other Aussie that's playing is Jed Morgan. Jed Morgan is. Um, if you want to invest a dollar on Jed Morgan and he wins, you'll be very very happy. What is uh, Jed Morgan paying? Is he five five hundred? Jed Morgan is the rank outsider at a thousand to one. A thousand. I was half right. Yeah. Well, James Piot is second last at five hundred, so and Chase Kepka's three hundred and twenty six, which tells you how uh, Jed's going. Not not probably not playing his best golf at the minute, and he's not that bad. He could easily finish top half of this field. Um, Cam Smith is a favourite, quite rightly, best second best player in the world, uh, best player in this event by a long way. DJ. Neiman, Gooch, Reed, Usti, Bryson, Paul Casey, Answer, Garcia, Kepka, Varna. My boy, a bit disappointed, but understand it. Uh, Leishman, Brennan Grace, Matthew Wolf, Ortiz, Howell, Charles Held third, uh, Stenson, Kokrak, Tringali, Nah, Lahiri, Swartzel. I mean, it really does look like one of those events you'd see anywhere else in the world where it's not quite the biggest event, but it's not a bad field, um, yeah, for names anyway. From from world rankings, it'd be interesting to see where they all sit, but um, yeah, don't know. I don't mind Patrick Reed this week with no other reason other than he likes money. Why can't he win? Uh, Rocket, are you watching? Oh. No, still not. No, no, no part of the needles converted across to watching. Okay, uh, Mike, watching? Um, it's on YouTube. It's not impossible that I'll, if somehow, it, it, when I wake up on Saturday morning, because there's no PJ Tour event, I might watch a little bit. Rocket will be watching. Isn't doesn't a football start this week? Was it for practice games for the gridiron NFL? Oh, I won't see much because on Sunday I'm sparrows and flying out of the out to the US for mm. a week and a bit. Work, really? or work or golf? No nah, work. Okay. Are you incorporating golf like you have done in the past? No. No. It's too expensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And time. I should say it's my wedding anniversary, so I'll, I won't be doing anything but enjoying <laughs> the, the beauty of my lovely wife the whole weekend. Sharing her with? With love. Love and, and, and gifts and, yeah. You know, yes. uh, this I can tell you exactly two, two of the, your list, our listeners will like this. There's two reasons why I married the, the best woman in the world, and none of them include her being stunningly gorgeous. The first one is we went on our honeymoon to New Zealand, and I took my golf clubs, and we I, no issues with me playing Jack's Point and Millbrook, so tick. And the second one is we had our wedding anniversary this weekend in a book for Saturday night, and um, it was for 7 p.m. at a lovely restaurant in the city. And um, when the Bulldogs were scheduled to play on Saturday night at 8 p.m., she said, so you're going to move dinner because there's no way you'll be paying any attention to me at dinner if the football's on. 
I said, thank you. So we moved it to the afternoon. So they're two very good reasons <laughs> why I knew that I've married the right woman. Uh, very good. Well, I'll be watching Liv uh, where, where I can. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the anti-anti-Liv person. Uh, there are many, there are many anti-Liv people. There are many pro-Liv people and I'm, I'm just a golf person and I want to watch, I want to watch golf in a way that I can enjoy it for the brief amounts of time that I tune in and tune out. I'm quite keen to see the Aussies play. I'm quite keen to see, you know, what happens with Cam Smith and Mark Leishman and Team Punch. You know, we all know that I'm a big Wade fan. Um, No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm not definitively against Liv. I'm not really super interested in the product. I'm certainly not interested in the majority of the players, but I'm against the public investment fund owning golf, as in like owning the top tier of golf. That's what I'm against, if it gets to that point. Yeah, I'm a, I'm not a, 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 a listener. Ask me some questions, and um, I appreciated the questions because I, I thought I'd give him candid answers and it's it's a I, I think I'm indifferent because I actually don't know what to th- I don't know where it sits with me because there's parts of it where I think it's good because it's forcing the PGA tour to do something different and I just wish they would make do more things to make because it's all about the product and the content in terms of eyeballs um, and then what are the type of events and the quality of events and the courses and like there's so many things you just wish you could get your hands on it and, and make a change. So hopefully it forces change. The people who are funding it, it's a bit challenging to digest. The person who's running it and the ego that's behind that, like that, that's really triggering me. The stories that the players give for their reasons behind, you know, a, you know, like for example, Cam Smith. Playing more time in Australia, please go go away. Like this rubbish. Harold Varner, kudos to Harold Varner mm. because he's he said it's a money, but he, it wasn't just about the money. He was thinking about his foundation and what he was doing and the impact he could have. Yeah. Right. So I, I give him massive ticks for being really honest, but really thinking deeply about knowing where it's coming from. But at the same time, how he could try and do something good with it, and, um, and and I've followed Harold for a long time. So he's he's mates with the Tour Junkies boys, and they've had him on you know five years ago before he was anybody. And they're they're um, Dave Barnett DB works with him through his foundation, and I've known about his his foundation forever, and he he's nonstop working on it. Like you hear about a lot of golfers that have got foundations inverted commas that are tax shelters um but there are actually guys that have them that are actually putting money back in you know what i mean time and time and effort and 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 their own spondula yeah like this is a guy who and again i'm not trying to turn him into the lord savior but this is a guy who you know has a big property down in i think it's in carolina where he's from um built a driving range at the back just loves driving his tractor I think his mum and dad might have lived in the front house on the on the property for a long time, if not still do. Um, dad still helps him mow the lawn, has a foundation, sponsored by Jordan. Just 
living his best life, couldn't be happier. Would have been a really and, and just had his first child. Would have been a really tough decision to make. Seemingly copped a fair bit of heat since his announcement uh, on moving to live. You know, I, I saw a post there where he said, you know, yesterday should have been one of his better days of his life. You know, he's just on a massive paycheck that he can do all those things. But uh, it was one of the worst days because he just copped some um, heat from all and sundry and uh, it made him feel pretty bad, which... Yeah. Well, which, here's the thing, right? So this is this is where people will think of me and see me and hear me as the grump about live and all that sort of stuff. But here's the other bit, them taking it and getting crap for it, I actually don't like because put yourself in their shoes. Two, there's two things. Put yourself in their shoes and and turn it down. Unless you're already set, like turn it down. Like really, if someone drops, let, let's say Harold got 50 million put in front of him. We know what can happen in someone's golf career. Like someone write a check and put fifty million in front of you, and you are told to rip that up or cash it. Go on, make that decision. And, and how in, many people are going to walk away from that? And that's in, one. And in real terms, fifty million versus his income versus yep. me is about two hundred and fifty million in my world. Let alone in US, you know what I mean? Like yep. what what he would earn per year versus what normal people earn is not even close. Yep. And then the second thing is that I'm getting tired of of the peanut gallery trying to take po- take pot shots at golfers because they've taken the blood money. I know I make lots of jokes about it, but the thing is, though, this world is, and I've said this before, the web of the web of the web, web of compromise is very, very deep, and no one will ever spin their way out of it. So do not point point the finger at golfers and expect them and sports people to be the moral compass when it comes to society thing. We know what happens in Saudi Arabia. Everyone knows. This is not about what-isms and all that sort of stuff. Do not expect them to be the moral compass because there are people that should, in higher places, that govern countries, um, corporations, etc. they're the ones that should be doing all of the the moral um, acts first and foremost and not leaving it to defenceless athletes or even citizens ourselves. There are many examples of the Saudi Arabia, you know, the Middle Eastern countries, some of them with, you know, not great reputations, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, you know, the Qatar World Cup fiasco where they just, um, you know, got a heap of Nepalese um, contract labour to come across, build the stadiums, work them in all sorts of torturous and treacherous conditions. Many, many. It's how half of Dubai's been built? Yep. It's been built by Pakistani refugees. Many died, like living in living in shipping containers. Many died in the process of you know we're all going to turn up and watch the soccer world cup in uh, in this year and it's going to be fabulous and blah blah blah, and that's the fact that. Thousands, you know, maybe not thousands, but I don't know the exact number, but a lot of people died working under unbelievable conditions that you shouldn't have to work. And and, and, just- and next time someone wants to rage type on social media, have a look at the device that you're typing it on and think about where that was made. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, just to, just to finish. Oh, that, yeah, I'm fired up now. <laughs> if, you go, if you go to the Golf Australia website, you know, and look at the corporate partners of which Drummer Golf is one, and a uh, number of other golf brands, Callaway, Bushnell. One of their corporate partners is Qatar. 
Qatar Airlines, Qatar Airways. It's it's all about us, people. It's all about us. So you know, when when we go sl- you know slanting these sportsmen for doing that on human rights issues and all that sort of thing, it's it's a uh, it's a diff- it's a difficult argument. Yep. Yep. Why isn't the Melbourne Football Club being dragged through the through the coals because they're sponsored by China Air? Anyway, um, I think we've made our point on that front. I will be Are watching. The Bulldogs playing Melbourne. Bulldogs are playing Fremantle. Oh, okay. Um, on Saturday. Um, while you mentioned the PJ2 website, I um, got I mentioned. A quick I mentioned, look. I mentioned Golf Australia. Well, um, that's what I meant. PJ Australia. PJ Um Vic Open still not listed in events. Just looked it up. Mm. Um, I don't think there's – I think it's more to do with the government, you know, sponsorship and that sort of thing rather than any other stuff. It, 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 I don't think there's anything else. Not that, buying it. Not buying it? I don't think no. it's going to turn into an Asian tour event or a live event. I, I'm not buying it. Something's not right. I don't understand why they'd have in here. I think that's happened in the past. So I'm led to believe that that the announcement of that and everything that goes in and around that. Um, no, I know, but I don't doubt that. But right now I can look at this and it says 2nd to the 5th of March, New Zealand Open, TBA. 9th to the 12th of March, New Zealand PGA, TBC, Auckland, TBA for prize money. New South Wales Open, 2023 play today, New South Wales Open, TBC with the dates and the prize money. PGA Tour of Australasia season finale, TBC. It's all there. The only one that's not there is a Vic Open. And that, I don't know, that's weird. I'll keep saying it's weird. Okay. It up. Well, um, if you're following uh, the PGA Tour website for the summer of golf, uh, you might have already picked that up and uh, you might be following Mike's wavelength. Uh, I'm still hopeful of my Pro-Am spot. That's all I'm worried about. The summer of pro amps. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I. Yeah. Don't know. Don't think. It, I think it's a. Um. Certainly weird. Don't know. What was okay. that I remember. I remember a month ago, mm. when, um, I think we talked about it on here because mm. I'd heard from two different people a rumor that Cam Smith and Mark Leachman were going to live, and people were asked that should know, and they were like, "Nah, don't believe it." So don't know. Okay. Um, you don't think Rocket, sorry, and this is, I don't want to extend too much further, but Herbie, Herbie paid back all, all the money that he was um, uh, offered via his Golf Australia scholarship. He paid it back. Great. What a, he's a champion fella. Um, I believe Cam Smith hasn't paid it back. Do you think Cam Smith's waiting to do something different in Australia? You know, there's talk about being in Australia more, and con- you, you, you're confirm you're convinced that he won't no. spend, he won't spend more time in Australia, no. and he and he won't no. a Cam Smith event for juniors or no. pro, young pros or anything like that. Oh, look! If he does, it's a tax write-off. Um, so, and that might sound flippant, and people might get all triggered hearing that one, and like <laughs> spit their you know, morning coffee across the table, but the Cam Smith spending more time in Australia, like if you pay attention to his schedule for the last five years, there's a certain point where he can spend more time in Australia and he doesn't. He spends it in Florida on his boat fishing. Then he rolls down in around about November. It's sort of like CJ Cup sort of time. 
He might play there, then roll into Australia, spend a month or two here, then go so high and kicks off. Where's the where's this extra time we're talking about? Tell me, like it's it's rubbish. And and the thing is that um, he's a really nice dude, right? I love Cam Smith because I think he's awesome. But is he going to be pumping money back into the game? I actually don't think so because I actually it's not to say that he's 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 Scrooge McDuck, but. I just don't think it's first and foremost in his mind. He's such a laid-back character. I I'm, I'm reckon he just really enjoys being able to just do his own thing, and I, I reckon he might look at that as like, oh, I don't really have the time and effort to do that. Okay. Well, I agree. He, yeah. He won't. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know whether he'll do an event or do put some money back in or pay back anything, but if he has to play, say they've got 15 events next year, he has to play 15 live events. That's the rules. And then he'll have four majors. That's 18. Then we know he will play at least one of the two, Australian or the PGA. So probably play both. That's already 20. Mm-hmm. That's his season. Same, it's the same same amount of events he plays now. Exactly the same. And until live produces the calendar, I would say if there's 14 events, I'd be shocked if nine aren't in the States. Mm. So why would you live in Australia? You got to play nine events in America still. I don't know. Plus the majors. So another couple on top of that. Well, what we do know is that everything that we sort of projectulated um, about Cam Smith that he that he would go to live, that he would take the money, that he he wants to relax and just you know live by his own schedule and you know do the minimum and get on the boat and do the fishing, not the Australian stuff. But we talked about all of that and sort of summarised that that's what he'd be in his head, it would seem that that's been, you know, proven right. He's talked about can, that as can, much. Can I, can, I, can I shoot another one then? They talk about... Your podcast. You know, having more, having more freedom for their schedule. Mm. They've actually gone, taken money to a tour that has, like, there's no flexibility. It's like these events and that's it. If you wanted flexibility and to be an independent contractor, for those uh, not watching the YouTube air quotes, independent contractor, then you would play the PGA Tour because you can make whatever schedule you want. They've got 52 events for the whole year. You can do whatever you want. No, that's you the funniest part. You get to make part. your own schedule. That's the funniest part. I agree with you. And you sit there and listen to them and they say, oh, you know, this is much better for me than that. And then it's like, okay, cool. Well, DJ's just had a word and he actually wants to play Pebble this year, but you've got the Saudi Invitational again. So do you call if he goes and does that? No, you can't do that. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> We're all, we're all against the PJ Tour because they're saying you can't go and play at opposite events. But Liv has it that they can't go and play opposite events. So it's, it's exactly the same. Like, let's not pretend it's any different. It's exactly the same. And, and what makes me laugh is that they file then an antitrust. So you've got a, 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 a government basically trying to steal all the top talent and you're filing a lawsuit on antitrust. Um, sorry. <laughs> Your behaviour. <laughs> yeah. It should be a countersuit for antitrust. Were you, were you that, Mark? Oh, were, so were, you, were you suggesting that the pet that live would have an event against the AT and T or the pet the Pebble Pro Am? Is that right? They've oh, no, done they the have. last couple of years. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Saudi International yeah, the Saudi, is, is yeah, straight so, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be the same, same. So yeah, yeah. yeah. In this year, they've gone with the events the week after or the week before. Um, big events. So after the Tour Championship, yeah. weeks before um, the majors and things. Um. Yeah, next year they they won't have that luxury, and, and you don't think they can only go up against the the weaker events. 
they'll have to have some, you'd ne- think now, that'll go up against some of the bigger ones. I don't think they'd be silly enough to go up against, say, the players or, hmm. um, don't know, but maybe they go up against, I don't know, Genesis? Gents, uh, we're an hour and a half in. Uh, I think we've covered as much. So, so much for a short one, bloody live. <laughs> two things Two things we need to oh, go through. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes. One is yes. Um, on the official World Golf Ranking website, Cam Smith played 19 events this year and he's already scheduled in for at least 20, 20 next year if he plays 16 live and four majors. Um, and we didn't talk about the President's Cup. Oh. Oh, we can do that down the track, but yeah. Big shake up with these guys leaving to go to live with um Well, I, I think it's the, I think the President's Cup it's one it's probably we need probably a couple of weeks before. Mm. Well actually it's uh, not that far away. It's on, is it? it's on in two weeks, yeah. So more, oh, next oof, next week will, next week will be the President's Cup uh President's really, Cup event. Obviously, yep. as Mike's suggesting, you know, with these guys leaving, uh massive shake up to the possibles and probables. Uh, you know, we're already touting Herbie as, as team captain uh, yep. but the rankings would suggest that he's probably on the cusp of the automatic selections who's going to be in who's going to be out who's going to be Trevor Immelman's uh, captain's picks amazing stuff um, the US probably still got a very strong team even minus the players that have knackered off um, interesting times gents are we done yep we're done. Thanks, everyone, for listening in to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast brought to you by Magic Mike, Rocket, and Roscoe. We love having you on board. If you've stayed this far, you are one of the diehards. And uh, if you have stayed this far, let us know. Let us know. And uh, let us know what you want to hear more of, less of. And uh, and we'll try and keep delivering as we get towards uh, the Magic Triple Ton. Uh, Mike, who are the cricketers in Australia that scored 300 runs? 334, I think it's the highest runs. Don, Bra- Don Bradman, 334. Mm. Um, if you said um, he's Mark a $1,000. Mark Taylor, $334. If you said, Mike, he's a $1,000 for every every cricketer you could name in the Australian Test team, you wouldn't spend a dollar. I wouldn't have the phones. Yeah, you uh, Matthew Hayden broke the Australian record. I think he scored 381. Other than Mitchell Stark, one of my former playing partners at Peninsula Kingswood. Um, oh, and I think Michael Clark scored 300 and. 40-something. Oh, good on your rocket. You you know your cricket. Uh, anyway, we're going to raise a bat for 300. We've got another couple of years or maybe two years to do that. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. We'll see you then.